Hey, what's up guys? It's Vets here. Got a really great episode today with Pappy. It's just going to be some general market talk, um, just kind of a little bit of a back and forth discussion about some things that are going on uh, within the market. We're going to talk a little bit about a couple of call options that we were setting up recently, um, you know, a little bit of social political things that are going on. We don't really try to say one side or the other too much. Try to stay in neutral stance with that stuff, so don't get overly caught up in that kind of thing, regardless of which side of the spectrum you fall on. But uh, we just want to make sure that you guys know just uh, your support and everything really means a ton to us. Please uh, do reach out to us uh, with any of your questions. We're going to try to get a Discord server set up so that um, all you have to do is download Discord and then you can join our chat. And uh, you can uh, just post any questions, any picks for the community that we're trying to develop here, uh, just for those questions overall. As always, uh, to like, link, subscribe, all those good things. Please share some of our Instagram posts uh, at All In Investing podcast on instagram please just click the uh right next to the comment bubble there's the little arrow send to you could just click that send to on any of our posts when you like them uh then when you do that just hit uh, send to add to story right after that and when you add to story what that's going to do is it's going to really help all the people that are your friends with it'll just get some uh you know visibility for our channel here and you know from there it drives some traffic so that we can grow we can help more people learn about investing and uh, things like that we really are just a about creating the community hopefully we can maybe do some donations for animal shelters other good causes in the future that's our ultimate goal so hopefully you guys can help us achieve that while we get you guys that really cool knowledge about investing in your own future and all these different companies uh, we're also going to have a little bit of bitcoin discussion so hope you guys are interested in that it's a really hot topic um, really wild some crazy theories out there so hope you guys enjoy the discussion and as always have a great day What it do, what it do. Welcome, everybody, to the show. We got Pappy here. What is going on today, buddy? Good morning. How are you? Yeah, good morning. I got my uh, coffee today. It's, uh, you know, like, what, 6, 6.30 in the morning or so. We're enjoying ourselves a wild week. How's, how'd your week go? Uh, it seemed long. This is probably the one of the first, uh, with the holidays, few weeks ago or you know recently the past month it's been one of the first five day work weeks i had in quite some time so it just seems like the work or the week's been longer than usual but as far as market goes um pretty pretty good pretty good pretty pretty uh, good i've never uh never never had quite a week like this it's been uh been pretty wild for me as well i've uh Made myself a couple dollars and starting to debate while I uh, look at the account on my lunch break why I'm still working. But far away from that, right? Yeah, we could dream. Yeah, someday, someday. All right, so we've got a couple of, couple of things I want to talk to you about today. I uh, just want to bring you in uh, regarding a couple plays that maybe we're going to set up, talk it over a little bit with each other, and... Uh, yeah, we keep each other in check. That's what this is for. I've had a couple of a uh, couple of good friends reaching out to us lately. Actually, starting to interact with us a little bit more, saying they're enjoying the content and people are uh, getting involved. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll uh, get a Discord channel set up so that uh, people stop messaging us so much because we can only respond so much that way. Uh, if we have a good chat forum, I think we can make a little good community online for everybody where we can all kind of talk uh, as at our own leisure. All right. But uh, I just wanted to mention one good thing that uh, Jim, our, our good buddy Jim Kramer, Jim, Jimmy Chill Booyah, he uh, mentioned. Do you want to know what he says moves the market nowadays? What does he say? Uh, number one, it's Reddit. 
Number two, Dave <laughs> Dave Portnoy. Yeah. And then number three, as he says, he calls them the Merry Men. And the Merry Men being all the Robin Hooders out there. So I'm enjoying that. Uh, I enjoy the Merry Men. Uh, I'm enjoying everybody just being extremely enthusiastic about the market. I think there's likely some pain in store soon. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Who? who maybe we could just go to the sky. All right. So what were we looking at today, Pappy? You were you were talking to me the other day. We were trying to set up maybe a little a little options play you had in mind. Is that correct? Um, yeah. That's always. I'm always. I think both of us are always looking for. Um, you know, when we could do some earnings plays, or I'm sorry, options plays primarily around earnings. If we're thinking, you know, a stock has a good chance of, of uh, you know, popping off around earnings season. And some, some of them are coming up here at the end of January, early February. So there's some we have an eye on or eye on here. Seems like it's always earnings season. It's like we just it had really this conversation. <laughs> I feel I'll like earnings season is at least like 20 times a year. At least it's going it's going like Emporio down in uh, Rio de Janeiro, 24-7 <laughs> through 65. Yeah. That's an inside joke. Don't worry about that, you guys. Anyway, so we got Facebook. It's been trading down lately. Um, a lot of, they're, they're in the news for just about every wrong reason there can be. Um, nobody really uh, likes them at the current moment. But, you know, they did, uh, they did recently decide to band together with the other big tech companies and ban our president, uh, Trump, at the time being, which was an extremely bold, bold move, um, regardless of what side of the political spectrum uh, you fall on, whether it be Democrats who want him silenced or if you're a Republican and think that they're having his rights taken away. It is an extremely bold move for uh, any corporation to censor a world leader no matter what way you slice it. Uh, that's at least how I feel. How do, how do you feel regarding that? Yeah, I think it really sets a, an interesting precedent. Um, you know, he, I think we, we joked about this the other day for any sports fans out there. We kind of said he just opened the door for him to have the ultimate Tony Reale mute button, where if it's something that, uh, you know, is he going to use this <laughs> just – for, for things he doesn't like that people say, or for things that are safety reasons. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I haven't seen any, any interviews with anybody directly speaking with him on why he did it. I'm sure he, you know, he probably felt there was a safety issue, but I think there's just me personally, I think there's a little bit more that goes into play here. You know, everything that happened in the U S was obviously, you know, disastrous, crazy, um, not, never seen anything like it. And, and he's probably did it, in an attempt to make sure that doesn't happen. But I also think there could be um, an ulterior motive that he just wants to get on Biden's good side, try to be the good soldier here while, you know, there's other things that play potential lawsuits. Um, so I think there's a little bit of that in, in his, his mindset for doing it as well. But, you know, where does it go from here? Like how, you know, how are people going to react? Where, where else will he take these type of measures? Will he step in on anything else? Cause you know, there's going to be, people from the other side, like you mentioned, from the Republican Party that are going to find it unfair, that they're, they're going to want him to silence some some um, boisterous Democrats or things that they have to say. So it's really going to be a sticky situation, how we navigate it from here. Yeah, um, this is absolutely I, Pandora's box has been opened, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, to put it. To put it lightly, I would say that's a fair statement. Yeah, and I mean, overall, the market is trading around 270, 275, and it's down to 247.50 on that. I mean, 
it's definitely not the same reaction you get from uh, when Jack Ma basically said, hey, I don't think the banks are all that great. That's all he said. He didn't, you know, take away freedom of speech, which is a constitutional right. He just barely said that to the Communist Chinese Party. And I think we all know what happened to Alibaba. But, you know, we all doubled down there. So it's it's uh, working out pretty well. Uh, so we're going to talk about Facebook right now. Uh, I do think they are going to post an absurd an absurd number for their earnings. Like, they are going to absolutely obliterate everything. And I think one of the big things, um, aside from uh, the election being in the fourth quarter of last year, I think that's going to play with Facebook traffic being up, Instagram, all the other apps that they own, etc. I think a low-key dark horse is um, actually the sales of Oculus. Do you know what that is? Uh, I'm not, not too familiar with it. I know you've been looking into it a lot more. So um, I'll, I'll just give you the skinny. I don't, I don't want to go too deep dive on too many things, yeah. but just uh, the basics with it. It's uh, virtual reality, and I know everybody's been hearing about virtual reality, it seems like, for the last 10 years now. Oh, it's going to be the next big thing. But um, Oculus was uh, one of the big virtual reality players up until about three or four years ago when Facebook acquired them. And uh, when they did that, it basically kind of set the uh, bar and it was approved, the acquisition. But now it looks like Facebook used all the money that they have to actually funnel that into the marketing through Facebook's own platform to market it. And uh, they really got this platform up and running. And when you do a Google Trends chart search with the other VR options and just virtual reality in general, Oculus is actually the highest uh, searched Google Trends within the virtual reality space. So I think that's going to be a pretty big game changer. And I don't necessarily view it as like a video game thing. That's how a lot of people see this. They just go, oh, it's video games. Yeah, that's where it's starting. But I see this more as um, a play on, uh, you know, everybody's working from home nowadays. And I think that instead of these unengaged Teams meetings or Skype or whatever, your Zoom meetings, people are like, you know, you're not as engaged on these meetings. You can't see people all the time. There, there's some companies working on options where you can uh, wear these goggles and it'll virtually put you in a boardroom with virtual, like, almost like computer simulations of Pappy or Vets sitting right there in a boardroom. So it's like you're interacting with each other. Or artists can design things and, like, you know, actually in 3D space do things like that, which uh, I, I think it's really interesting, some of the applications. but Do they have any sort of uh, timeline um, with, with that? I mean, Tailspin, they're still working. They're ramping up. They have a lot of investors from, like, Bank of America. I believe uh, JP Morgan's behind. Like, they have big money funding it. And uh, Tailspin is uh, one of the companies working with Oculus particularly. That's working on those uh, business strategies uh, with regard to that. I think they're still a venture capital company. So they're in like, I think the B round of funding or something like that. However, that stuff goes. Um, So yeah, they're still a little bit out before they would ever enter a public market. But I think like that's the long-term application of virtual reality that I see. I don't really care much for the whole uh, video games, Call of Duty application. I'm sure that's going to be there too, which will be great. But I don't know if they're ever going to completely supplant the PlayStation, the Xbox, those kind, or the PC gamer. You know what I mean? 
It definitely seems very futuristic. It, it does. It's 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 pretty crazy. Uh, some of the stuff that they could do. If you if anybody's listening out there, type in tailspin.com. That's T A L E S P I N dot com. Look at some of their. Uh, just look at like whatever their intro YouTube video is on their page. You'll be blown away with some of the stuff they're working on with like how you can you know communicate better with your business partners it, it would take it would basically take a big dump on zoom pretty quickly so that's what i see but i don't know for the short term i do think that's going to be a little um boost to facebook for now long term i think that is going to pay out it's probably the only reason i'm still holding on to facebook what uh what strike were you looking for though uh possibly with regard to the options cuz you you're you're not so sold on all this like the negative news you're you're really feeling this earnings pop aren't you Yeah I I mean it, that's that's what I like <laughs> looking for just complete speculation looking for a company that's going to hammer it during uh earnings put up good numbers quick boost I'm not really looking to own any just looking for uh like a quick get in hopefully it you know, it does what we expect it to do. The, the numbers are, you know, outweigh all the other things that are going on. And, you know, even if it's just a mild gain, you know, 30, anywhere from 30% on, you know, that's something I would definitely be satisfied with. Um, so typically with my positions, I like to put them anywhere in like the one, one to 2000 range, I would say for each, for each call option. So I would have to weigh it out and see, you know, what's so, somewhere in that value. I haven't looked at the exact numbers this morning. I'm going to see how it opens up um, to see if the, like if everything opens down again, or if it's looking like it's going to be up a little bit, that'll base it on where, what type of strike, but I'm probably going to do it in like the 60 265, 270 range is what I was looking at yesterday. I haven't set it in exactly yet, but any upwards movement, I'll put it out. Uh, I'll put the expiration date out probably two months. That way it gives it, you know, a little bit of time to run after earnings. And then, um, you know, if it doesn't perform well after earnings, if it ends up going down, I could kind of resell it and hopefully only lose a little bit of the investment. But that's that's kind of where I'm looking at right now. Haven't set it in stone yet, probably. Okay, uh, so you know, I'll give, I'll give go you a little bit deeper than that. After, I got, after I got the, the options call. chain up right here. So it looks like you're looking two months. Today's uh, January 15th, 2021, as of this recording. So you'd be looking two months. That'd be the March 19 expirations. And you're looking roughly 265, you said? Roughly 265, 270, roughly two months, give or take, because I believe earnings are the 27th, so I shouldn't yeah. have to go out too too much further than that. I like giving it around a, mo- a month after the earnings uh, so that there's still, in case there's any movement post that date, um, gives me some wiggle room. So somewhere roughly, roughly that time, yeah. So it looks like you're looking at a $10.10 contract on a 265 strike uh, for March yeah. 19th. Uh, so it's, it's not going to be, not going to be cheap. Uh, definitely. It's kind of like those, uh, Baba options you were running recently, but, um, yeah, not going to be cheap, but I think, uh, given the fact we're getting close to earnings right now and hopefully I think, um, you know, a lot of this negative sentiment will be, uh, clearing up pretty soon. What yeah, it's just complete, just, just a lot, one last point to drive home there with it. It's just complete. You know, the point that I like the options is it's just speculation. It's it's an amount that I ha- I'm able to uh, w- I'm willing to risk in order for a quick potential gain. Like I mentioned, I don't I'm, I do own some Facebook. I'm not um, 
you know, wanting to buy 100, 200 shares of it long term, it's probably going to always be around, but it's not something I, I would rather invest long term in something else. But I think for we're both pretty convinced that it's going to have a really, um, you know, good prior quarter here, put up good numbers. And I, and I think this amount for this time period for that cost, it's something that I'm willing to risk at this point. Uh, one other point I wanted to make too, I always feel like Facebook out of nowhere just comes out with some news at random times. Like this Oculus thing has been going around, but there's things that just pop up out of nowhere and end up bumping up the stock like 10, 15 points out of nowhere. Like when they introduce like marketplace or something like messenger back in the day, it's like, nobody knows about it. Nobody knows about it. And it's just like, bam, good news. So I always think there, I'm not saying that's going to happen right now, but that's one thing that I, I think happens with Facebook a lot. Like it gets, you know, negative publicity goes down, goes down. Then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, boom, new feature that everybody loves and uses. And there's a billion more users of it. So it's going to go up. So. Yeah, it's exactly like their um, that's pretty much their strategy with what they use with Instagram. Instagram is basically just a copycat kind of modality now. They when Snapchat used to have stories back in the day, Instagram eventually just made a stories function, and yeah. then Instagram, you know, TikTok came out, and TikTok was TikTok is a serious threat. I don't do that because that's that's extremely uh, people who do use TikTok, the ones TikTok, 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 toe, whatever it is. <laughs> Um, the people who I know who do use it, they say it's beyond a disease. It's addicting like all hell. So I'm like, all right, I don't need any of that in my life. But, um, the reels function on Instagram, I've seen them. They are pretty funny. They're integrated and they shifted immediately. And they said, this is our way to combat with threat. It's like, they just roll their version of any new social media threat. They just roll it right into Instagram and say, here you go. You know, you want some of that? Well, we got TikTok, Instagram, there's reels. So that's kind of their way to combat uh, the threat of competition. Some people call it monopolistic. It probably is, but, you know, uh, that's why they have all these antitrust uh, suits on their hands. But Exactly. Yep. All right. Exactly. So moving on from Facebook, we got that going on. We talked about Oculus and the G Trends. Did you ever start playing around with Google Trends yet? Very briefly. I just pulled it up um, before we came on the call here. It's it's starting to get really powerful when you when you start moving, entering search terms in, you know, uh, there's I saw things about flowers.com coming into, you know, Mother's Day and Valentine's Day and nobody can go out and get flowers. They have to order them. Weird things. That's a very speculative, small trend, but still just random things. You can find out what people are searching at any point in time. Very powerful feature. So we'll talk about that more in future episodes. Uh, let's see. I want to talk about yeah. Go ahead. You want want to talk about that NGA play I ran? I'm starting to run. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll. I'd like to just speak about the market on whole because there's always, um, you know, the start of the year could could signal a lot for what the years to come. So I'd just like to touch on that. But yeah, go ahead. Talk about your the NGA. Sure. Um, So I mean, I did kind of jump in on board. I will say I didn't do much research on this company. I was just. Looking for something for a while for an EV play. I believe you were with the Xipeng or Xpeng. Uh, you tried some options there or something. And, you know, some people bought some Neo. Everybody's out there, a Tesla fanboy. I missed the whole electric vehicle thing. And um, I don't know. I found something on uh, Kramer and some things online with uh, Lion Electric. They make electric buses. So I figured I'd just jump with it and threw some options in. But, I mean, you're trying to tell me, so when, when's a good sell point for options? That's, that's what I'd like to talk to you about. Because I'm, I'm getting a little, I think I'm getting a little greedy. And I think you'd agree with that. 
<laughs> that's the toughest part. Um, yeah, with options, you should always have, if you're doing, it depends on which, what you're doing with options, whether you're short, long, you know, buying them, selling them, um, that, that takes into account your, your limits. We typically, you know, like the, the Facebook play we just talked about, we're buying a long call. So we're hoping that the price goes up. And typically with those, um, you know, recently what I've been doing is trying to get at least 50% out of it. Uh, and you want to set limits both ways in order to protect yourself. So I mentioned with the, you know, I'll just go back to my Facebook play. If, you know, say earnings aren't good, it doesn't post a good number, then I'll set a stop loss sell somewhere around 25% of my original investment. So, and, and at the same token, I'll also put some sort of minimum sell point of if it does go up around 50%. And if you're wondering what that means, say I put $1,000 into it based on the cost of the contract, I would set uh, a sell point if the contract goes down to $750 or, you know, trigger some sort of sell point if it goes around 50 or, you know, sometimes it could go up way more than that. So then I might set it so that it, if it drops back down to like 70, 75, somewhere in there that you're just ensuring profit because these things fluctuate so much, you don't want to have emotion into it. And that's what I've learned over the past year. There's, there's so many times where we're sitting there talking, Hey, you know, I bought these three contracts. They're already up. 70%. I think it's still going to go up higher. Should I hold? Should I sell? Almost, you know, 95% of the time when we have those discussions, the right move is is to sell and take the profit. Like you'll never go broke taking a profit. So it's just, I, I've spoken with other people who do options. Um, one guy said he doesn't uh, settle his position if he's, unless it's over 200%, which is a very lofty goal. Um, you know, that's his, his strategy, but, and maybe we're a little bit, uh, you know, less, less willing to take risk, but anytime you could lock up, in my opinion, 50% of your, of your initial investment. And sometimes we're doing this in a week, two weeks, not even, you know, sometimes we've done it in two, three days. I don't think that's uh, a bad move to, to lock something like that up. Now does uh, possibly the, your willingness to actually exercise and own the underlying asset, does that come into play? Whether oh, or not course. you'd want to yeah. lock up the 50, I feel like maybe you'd want to be more aggressive if you would want to under uh, own the underlying, right? Yeah, for sure. So depending on how much you want to own, depending on how much capital you have and able to buy a hundred shares. So each options contract is, is for the, um, the right to buy 100 shares. So, you know, my Facebook play, if, if, if I do it at 265 and say the price goes to 280, then I have the option to buy 100 contracts at $265. So do I want to pay $26,500 to own those shares? You know, maybe <laughs> if I was really interested in Facebook, but at this point I would rather just take the profit, sell the contract for 50%, you know, hundred percent or 150%, 200% for what it's worth. Uh, exactly. There are other times, you know, with our, our we, we've talked about Revolve on here a few times, we've done option plays with those. And that was a stock that, you know, I was interested in buying 100 shares of back then. It was, I think, 17 or 18 strike price. It's, you know, trading at whatever, 30 now. So I was willing to spend the 100 or $1,800 to buy those 100 shares or 200 shares, however many I bought at that point. So it, it's a great point. It is, you know, dependent on if you're looking to own those the asset or just, you know, flip it for, for the, for the cash profit. Yeah. And that's why I think, um, so we were talking yesterday. I mean, I instantly made, I think the first day I got the NGA calls, I got instantly in on those and I was, you know, up 35, 40%. Then yesterday there was a point I was up 120%. I think I settled in for the session at like 80% by the end of the day. And the way I saw it as I was just like, you know what, 
that's why I want to talk about you about those stop losses. I was like, oh, how do I, I could set it so that I automatically lock in 55% if it falls today or in the next week or so. And then at the same token, I'm like, because I do kind of want to own 100 or 200 shares if I can. So I'm just going to try to see if I can moonshot that one up because all these EV stocks, plug power has been going insane. You know, all these EV stocks are going nuts. And this is, you know, an electric bus company that not many people are talking about. So there's a chance that this could run to the moon and maybe I make two, three, four hundred percent, something crazy. And then maybe because I got five contracts, I was always talking about I, I always talk about trying to get an odd number of contracts so that I can maybe sell three and exercise two, try to pay for the two with the three, you know? Yeah, I think that's, that's good practice. And that's my touch on the uh, that's sector. my strategy. Yeah, anything in EV is just on fire right now. Like it's just not cooling off either. There's just like you could we could come out we could just launch a tweet that says, "All right, we're starting our own electric vehicle motorcycle company," and it'll just immediately soar. And that's just you know everything's does on this, fire right now. Does this feel like dot com bubbly? Like you know, are we gonna look back in five ten years and go, "Oh yeah, that was the EV bubble." If you had anything that said electric vehicle, people just bought it. Is that, do you think that's, is there like, is like, is this the dot-com bubble again? I don't even think it's just for EV. It's like anything is bubble. It's like crypto bubble. It's um, just all stock bubble. Definitely EV. I mean, I, there's just seems like every sector is just through the roof through the, which as we mentioned on previous episodes, it's just, it's just the new normal. Everything's changed. There's so much media influence. You mentioned the Robin hood aspect of it. Uh, there was a story the other day that, um, Elon Musk tweeted, use Signal, and there's a company called Signal, and their, and their value went up 1,200%, but he wasn't even referring to that company. He was, he was referring to a messenger <laughs> app. So these people who like actually part of that company were like, I don't know what we did, but hey. we just 12x what we were worth, so whatever. And hey, that's just the crazy it, fact of life now. It's like Kramer said. I mean, everyone used to say the Robin Hooders. I'm on with Kramer now. I want to call them the Merry Men. They're the Merry Men. It's Robin Hood and the Merry Men. <laughs> I just, I, I'm, I'm laughing. You're right. You know, Signal goes up 1,200%. Dogecoin goes up 90% in a day because Musk tweeted about it. Like, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, all right. So, I mean, those are the main points. Speaking of Bitcoin, I mean, we're going to have to talk about it. So, we might as well talk about it. Bitcoin, what are your thoughts? What, 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 what is it? Is it digital gold? Is it useful? What, what is it? I'm, I'm treating it as a commodity in my account. I'm not... I don't know, you know, I don't follow it. I mean, I look at the price daily, but I won't sit there and look at charts and trends because I, I think it's too new for anybody to really get a true understanding of what it's going to do. It's so unpredictable. I definitely own some. I know you just purchased some. Um, I'm, I'm treating it. I like to have it as what, what some people do with actual gold, albeit gold is significantly on the opposite spectrum in terms of volatility and risk. But I like having it as, you know, 10 anywhere from five to 15, somewhere in their percent of my overall portfolio. I think there's, it's a risk I'm willing to take. I'm willing to risk that, that much of my portfolio, just because I think it does have the long-term um, potential to boom. I've seen you know, so many, and who knows who's right, who's wrong, but value, like crazy valuations at the end of this year, 50,000, some say 80,000, you know, five years from now could be 500,000. Who knows what it's going to do? I'm willing to take that risk. So I'm willing to keep it as, uh, you know, a certain percentage of my overall portfolio. I think um, the way that I see it, I definitely agree with pretty much every point you've said overall. 
I almost see it as so the simplest way uh, for those out there who know, I don't know if you don't, I've mentioned maybe once or twice, Shamatha Polyhapatia. He basically calls this schmuck insurance. Like you're basically, it's basically insurance for idiots. Like, okay, maybe it's going to be nothing. Okay. Well, what if it does go to 500,000, a million, something insane like that? Well, it's almost too risky not to be invested a little bit, even if it's 1% of your money, 2%, something like that. If it went to something like some insane number like that, it's almost too risky not to have any exposure, which is the same way I feel about the uh, cannabis space. I don't overexpose there. G Money, our other co-host, he maybe does, in my opinion, is what it is. We disagree. But, you know, I think it's almost too risky to have zero exposure to some of these spaces. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I don't know if it's ever going to be an actual currency per se. But, you know, I see it right now as just a hedge against inflation and it doesn't lose value or it does go up and down. But we all know that, you know, the Federal Reserve, they just print money. I don't get one of those six hundred dollar checks, the two hundred dollar checks, the twelve, all these checks that everybody's getting. I don't get one. And I don't know if you do either, but, you know, those are uh, it just real. It makes me realize I'm like, if you could just make money out of thin air, that money that I have becomes less valuable. So you might as well put it in an actual gold, uh, like an actual hard old metal gold or the new thing, digital gold, which is Bitcoin. I don't know if it's going to be what they think it is, but it does give you some inflation protection. That's the only thing I see it as right now. And one thing I think we both agree on is um, whether it's overpriced, underpriced. I think the fact that it has institutional backing, PayPal, some other like large creditors oh, are starting to right, you know, give it right. support. It, it has that backing. So I think that's the game changer and what differentiates it from past little surges and movements. And this, this level around, I don't even want to start talking figures because it, you know, it seems fake, but anywhere, like, it seems like the new floor is going to be the absolute floor will be in like the 25 range. Like, even if it falls off, I don't, I don't know what it's trading at right now, probably somewhere around 40, but it seemed like it got its truest support level there um, around the 20 to 25. So I'm, I'm not going to buy any now that it's at its all time high or, um, but any type of pullback, like it pulled back on Monday back to 30K, I thought that that was a pretty good buying opportunity. I picked some up there. So if it does trickle back somewhere like that, which who knows if it's going to, I'm, I'm just not sitting on the edge of my seat trying to buy it when it's at its all-time high. But you know it's going to pull back, have gradual pullbacks. And uh, I think that's that's at least my floor that I'm seeing. So once it gets back around there, that's when I'll be looking to pick up some more. Right. And I mean, where I got it, I only got it at the 27.5-ish range and it immediately pulled back to 24. I was kind of sad, but what are you going to do? I kind of wanted, I was thinking about doing this back at 17, which was in November, shockingly. It's already doubled since late November. But um, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where I feel like, you know, you have to have a little bit of exposure. I did do a lot of research into it. I don't want to get too technical because I don't feel like talking about the blockchain and the Bitcoin having. Yeah, we could do a whole other the... episode just on that. Yeah. I, I don't want to get into that right now, but if you do, if anybody listening out there does want to look in, type in Bitcoin having, having, H-A-L-L-V-I-N-G, if I could spell, and there will be a chart that comes up and you can see a lot of them and you'll notice that this spike in 2017 it's the same that happened back in uh, 20, what would that be, 2013, the first halving. 
every time they have these halvings, it just goes up in a very nice logarithmic scale. And if you look at that and the institutional support, which she just said about, I, I would see that it's, in my opinion, very comfortably within, I would say, between May 11th and November. I honestly think it would go between eighty-two dollars to $98,000 this year. And I'm willing to put myself out there and say that. I also think that you're completely right with that 25. I think that the crash this time is going to be probably from roughly somewhere in that mid-90s to maybe low 100000 a coin this year. And it's going to crash all the way down to maybe anywhere between twenty-five to 32000 a coin. And that's probably going to happen early 2022 or late 2021. It's going to be violent, but people have to know that about it. I'm not so willing to uh, put as uh, it's not fun. steadfast numbers as far as highs and lows, but I don't rule out anything. I would listen to anything anybody says because nobody knows 100% and has a, truly has a mind of its own and anything's possible with it at this point. Yeah, it could, it could go to zero, you know? And the only reason I say that is because it did break through that 20,000 barrier, which was the holdup from the last point. Uh, the last having, which was in 2017, that was its top point. Once it broke through that barrier, I honestly think it's going to have resistance in the 38 to 45 range. If it breaks 45, I think it's going to go comfortably to 60. I don't think there's going to be any resistance to, until 60. But we're going to stop there. I don't want to talk too much more about that. We got to go. Uh, any last thoughts for the for the listeners out there? The, the only thing that I wanted to touch on was just the overall market, what, what my thoughts are. Oh, right, 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 right. Go for that. Go for that. <laughs> just because. I, I don't want to, I just don't want to hold it's, you up. Yeah, no, it's earlier in the year and um, there's usually a market trend where the first first week or so of the year tends to give an oversight into how the market's going to, you know, pr- produce or, or look throughout the year. It's somewhat of a reliable indicator of things I've seen said anywhere between like 70 to 80% predict um, how the year is going to go. And so far, you know, at least to start the year, that first week, the market did trend up. So I think that's a positive sign. There's more good things to come. I think we need to keep our expectations in check. Last year, 2020 was, you know, a year of, you know, one once in a century type thing with Corona, with um, the way the market moved, like all those things were a perfect storm for all all sorts of records. You know, everybody's going to remember 2020 for all sorts of things, but it was definitely one one anomaly of a stock market type year. So while I do think it's going to be positive long-term, we might see some drop off here after, after the inauguration in February, March, we might see a little bit of a pullback. I think overall long-term it's going to go back up, but just not to the same degree as it did the prior year, which, you know, is not a Nostradamus like claim, you know, anybody can predict that it's not going to do as well as it did the year before. But I think ultimately I'm still optimistic about the, uh, the market overall. I think we're going to be, be all right um but just not to the same degree as it was um last year i believe i got a text from you yesterday saying 2021's our year (laughs) (laughs) just to call no i'm not calling you i'll just say but uh no i I definitely agree with that i think there's i think a pullback is healthy i like it's almost needed uh because if it gets too too hot too fast you're gonna get a really sharp uh cut off and like you said, even in 2021, just with regard to the market, can you imagine the market was down? It was down 35% in March for the year. And then it ended up finishing plus 16 and a half. That's absurd. 
that's that's the most that's the whole market the S&P 500 that's the most wild swing ever in one year that all happened so i think we just got to keep <sighs> our expectations in check but it's still still yeah. possible we'll score some gains this year to finish it up we got a big yeah, big um, weekend coming up in, in NFL i think we would do everybody a disservice without looking at some picks here not that we know anything what we're Ooh. talking about but uh looks like we got rams packers at packers giving six and a half Bills minus three currently versus the Ravens. Chiefs open at 10, I believe, but now that's at nine and a half versus the Browns. And then the Saints giving three to the Bucks. A lot of interesting matchups. I think it should be a good slate of games this weekend. Do you have any, are, any are, insights there? Are the, the one that jumped out to me, are the Bills at home? Yes. The Bills minus three all day. That's, I, I think that's it. a game a lot of people I, have I circled. Bet, bets. Bets, bets with bets. Let's go. I'm more I, – I, I will – you know, we have that disclaimer. We are not financial advisors. We are not oh, – right. I am by, by far not a good sports gambler. But one thing I did see during the year, the Chiefs, all, although their record was uh, like 14-1 and one coming into the 15 and – you know, they're 14-2 and two right now, but I think they rested a lot of starters. Um, coming into the game, they were winning games, but I don't think they had any double-digit wins all season. They were not covering. They were letting teams in the game. Maybe that'll be a different story here come playoff time. Um, Vegas, obviously, is some of the smartest people in the world. They wouldn't set a 10-point line if they didn't know something. But just based on how the Browns were playing recently, how they were looking down the stretch, 10 seems like a little bit too much. So that would be the game if I was to – to put anything on, um, I would take the Browns there with, with the points, especially because there's nobody in the state uh, in the stadium. There's no home field advantage. Um, so if you're looking at looking at basically like a neutral site, that's kind of like the Chiefs um, giving 13, which just seems far too much for a playoff game versus a team that just scored 50 points. So it's my yeah, sense. Yeah, true. Buffalo in January. I don't care whether or not the Bills Mafia is there or not. Buffalo, January. That's all I need to know. I don't want to ever be in Buffalo in Lamar, January. Lamar very Jackson cool, said cool. he's never played in snow, so keep that in mind as well. Whether that has any impact, so just a little nugget. What are you? What are you, Adam? Sh- what are you, Adam? Sheffield? I break. You, I, I break news from time to time. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. How's the How's the golf swing going? By the way, I think there was another bet that you settled up on over the weekend. Do you want to tell? What happened between me and you? I believe I've been, uh, you've been. All right, guys. Well, it's been a good podcast. Uh, We'll do it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. All right. We'll get on the golf course soon. Hope you guys really enjoyed the show. Again, do all the like, link, subscribe. Last words, anything? Um, Yeah. Keep your nose to the grindstone. Keep keep plugging. Keep churning. Those those are words of uh, Chuck Pagano, former Indianapolis Colts, Colts head coach. Keep doing your due diligence. Buckle in, stay, stay patient, and, uh, you know, hit us up with any questions that you may have. All right, sounds good. And uh, hopefully we're going to get that Discord server set up, and then we'll get a big group chat of uh, all the members and stuff uh, in there, and we'll all share ideas. All right, you guys have a good day.